Welcome back to the Sudesh Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Guru Gobind Singh and the wedding party bid farewell to everybody in Guru Ka Lahore, how they set down the path to Anantpur. The last episode ended with them arriving into the city, and now chapter 16 begins describing the great joy in Mata Guruji's heart, who was surrounded from all sides by the local women. She left her house there, exiting the door, heading out to receive the wedding party. She went first to the spot associated with Guru Tegh Bahadur, her husband. She bowed down there. From her saying, they brought the doli there, and Guru Gobind Singh also headed in that direction. So behind them, the entire wedding party was the giver of peace, Guru Gobind Singh, who also then went down to bow down at the spot associated with Guru Tegh Bahadur. They had brought a big plate of laddus, and taking it in front, they placed it down there. At that place, Guru Gobind Singh dismounted, and the bride... Matajito, she met with all the women. Guru Gobind Singh, he went forward into the darbar. He stood there performing in Ardas. He took the names of the first nine gurus and he was saying, Vaheguru, the wedding party of the guru has occurred. You yourself, O Divine, were there to see it all. Please be unsung. Please be close at hand and protectful. You are the one who spontaneously and naturally delivers great bliss. You are the master of the world and the one who extends people's lineages, the destroyer of all obstacles. In this way, an ardas was performed, a supplication was performed, and then clasping both hands, Guru Gobind Singh bowed down. And in this way, all of them saw the spot associated with Guru Tegh Bahadur, respecting it greatly. And then they went to the direction of the house, and the women were singing songs with such love and bliss in their heart. In a greatly auspicious way, they arrived there at the front door, of the house in such a regal manner. Such noise was there around, people were celebrating, they performed all the familiar rites there. Then giving out money to the poor, Mata Guji then took her daughter-in-law inside the house. The rooms had painted designs on all the walls and they sat her down there with great respect. Mata Guji then brought a plate full of money, placed it on her daughter-in-law's lap with such great joy she was caressing her daughter-in-law's face, giving her blessings, telling her over and over again. Meanwhile, Guru Gobind Singh, he went to his own residence, sitting on the throne there with him, his uncle, Kripal Chand, and the five brothers, his cousins, his, the sons of his pua, Bibi Viro, along with his two other cousins, the grandsons of Surajman. There were some other Sikhs and Masans there as well, and the rest of the wedding party had gone back to their respective houses. To receive the news about everything, the nurturer of the meek then said, Oh, Uncle Kripal Chand, go take the Masans with you. And wherever people have set up, take care of them. Make sure everybody has the supplies for the langar, the communal kitchen, and also give them great amounts of grass and grain for the horses. Accepting this command of the Guru with great pleasure, Mama Kripal Chand then went he got up, taking many Masans with him. They properly took care of all the guests there at the wedding party in the finest of manners. They all stayed the night there in Anandpur Sahib. To the best of the ability, everybody there was served and satisfied with food, which had sugar, clarified butter, and flour as needed. In all the alleyways, in the market, and the big houses, people made a line of lamps, marking the return of Guru Gomi Singh. Everyone there was so happy in their heart, they were celebrating the Guru's wedding, meeting with each other. They were praising the Guru, thinking that our fortune has really come to a head here, having witnessed the wedding. They were saying, 
It was just like when Ramchandar came back to Ayodhya. The city was in such glee, in the same way Anandpur is filled with such Anand, the bliss. Every day there are celebrations where we can view the Guru, from which we receive such pure fruit and merit from. This is how the people were speaking, the men and the women to each other in their houses, talking about the Guru. And that night they had dinner there and they all slept in such peace and happiness. In the last phase of the night, they all woke up to remember the true Guru, the Divine Prabhu. The Babis then began singing and people with great fortune got up to that. Listening to the Shabbas recited in Rag, contemplating upon them, they grew detached from just sensual pleasures. Without the love of the Guru, people were just slandering themselves. But these six, with a focused state of mind, they praised the Guru. They would focus the lotus-like feet of the Guru within their mind, obtaining great bliss. Some would go to bathe in the morning in the Satluj River, while others were bathing where they could, at wells, etc., still hearing the Kirtan being performed. In accordance to the Guru's conduct, Rahat, they were obtaining the Guru's perspective, the mentality. Every day they were burning away attachment within their mind. About 45 minutes before sunrise, they all woke up and in front of the Guru's house, bells began to ring. The bards began singing poetry, a praise directed at the Gurus, the heralds as well. The singers were loudly singing. On the trees, the birds were singing beautifully in the morning. The rudy goose birds were also frolicking together. The divine Bhagavan, the plume-wearing guru, woke up and bathed, then sat down, closing his eyes, taking in the bliss of the true self, the Atma. When Asadivad finished, everybody bowed their head. When the sun rose, then some helpers of the guru brought clothes for the guru to wear. The determined guru got dressed, adorning all his jewelry, and when the day began, they placed out great sheets for everybody to sit on along with a stunning throne for the Guru to sit on. Guru Gobind Singh arrived there and sat on that seat. People hearing the Guru was holding court, they began to stroll in. First came the uncle, Mama Kripalchan, along with the Guru's five cousins, Sangosha and all, to obtain delight. All the Masans came and bowed down, along with the two grandkids of Surajma. They were named Galabrai and Sham Singh. They stood there and saluted everybody in the congregation. It looked just like the heavenly court of Indra, where the Devtas were sitting there in affection. Guru Gobind Singh himself looked like the king of the heavens, Indra. Guru Gobind Singh, whose darshan and divine sight is like a tiger, which kills the deer-like sins and faults. The lineages of the Bedis, Guru Nanak's lineage, the Trehen, Guru Angad Devji's lineage, along with the lineage of Guru Amar Das, the Pala clan, they all came. Over the Guru's head was a whisk being waved which looked like a swan flying up and down around the Guru's head. Just looking at the Guru's plume, the Kalgi, which at the base of it had a bushel of pearls, but the swan, in getting close to the bushel of pearls, was afraid and would dart back up. That's how it was appearing. There were some guards there standing by at the ready, holding gold staffs. There was somebody else holding a massive shade, providing shade for the Guru. And the Guru was engaged in delightful conversation with all of them. The six would listen while bowing down in front of the Guru. Out of all the people there in the congregation, one businessman came and he yelled out in front of everybody, Guru Gobind Singh, in the morning, somebody stole my bag of money randomly. There was $500 I brought from home and on top of that I made a profit obtained by the business here. So there was 
$700 in that big bag. And some thief took it, and he just disappeared. This is my request, oh plume-wearing guru. If I don't find that money, I'll be a beggar. That was all of my money. With all of that money, I could take care of my family, and now I have no support. Only with somebody's help would I be able to sustain myself. Listening to the Hukumnama of the Guru, we all came here without any delay. What profit did I obtain? Now I've lost everything I have. O oh, true Guru, in your own city, this great tragedy happened? This devastating loss to me occurred? Besides you, who else is there to ask for help? They have taken everything from me. I am finished. You are capable in all ways, though. Without my bag of money, I wouldn't be able to go on. I would die. You are known as the giver of all happiness. Without any support, I have arrived here. And all the happiness from my house is gone. It has vanished. I'm so pained by this. Where do I go now? I'll just die at your door, I guess. Without any money, I'll have no money to support myself. Guru Gomez Singh, the gracious Guru, heard this pain that the businessman was expressing and he began to think. He was thinking, these people have come all this way from me, bringing all their money here for the purpose of doing business, wanting the pleasure of both worlds, this and the next, having great enthusiasm for our darshan, and receiving hardship here then, people will begin to think that coming here would be of no benefit, it would be of no fruit. And thinking this, then in front of everybody, the Guru said, Oh wise businessman, don't cry. We won't let you take this loss. If our congregation, sitting even in front of us, can experience pain, then what will people think about their state in the next life? We called everybody here so you all would enjoy this, would be in bliss. If you went back to your house now after experiencing great pain, then what fruit did you obtain from coming here to the Guru's house? If you did not experience great happiness before going back to your house, then what is the point. At that time, Guru Gomez Singh looked over at his soldiers, and while they were all listening, he said to them, The thieves' house, I know where it is. I saw him take the bag. In the house, on the south side, there, there's a door, there's a closet. He put the bag in there. Go retrieve it. Tie his arms up. Rough him up a bit, and then bring him here. The soldiers took the command and headed out. They took the directions from the Guru and found the house and busted in. When they saw that door on the south side of the house, they opened it. They found the bag. The thief was just sitting there. He was apprehended, he was grabbed, and very firmly his arms were tied up and he was yelled at a bit. The plume-wearing guru is all-knowing. You don't know the great praise of the guru? With them here, where are you going to hide? That guru who can tell where somebody's mind state is at. So these ten warriors took the money and the thief, and they came back to the divan, the court where everybody was watching this. The thief was getting slapped up a bit with shoes, and in seeing this, the Guru's glory swelled up greatly there. The thief was being taken through the streets and the markets, the alleyways. All the local kids of the area were following along, wanting to see what's going on here. The men and women were seeing it, and they were in shock. They were thinking, that money, which was hidden, even Guru Gobansing knew where it was. So they brought him close to the Guru at that point in the congregation, where everybody was just in shock. Everybody realized the immense power of the Guru. All the people were there, the Bedis were there, the Trehans, the Pala clan, the Masans, all the wise people were there. Countless people were watching it all. And at that point, the plume-wearing Guru said, This massive moron has done such a crime. His punishment should be hanging. But 
You know, this is a great place of celebration of all kinds because of the wedding. And for that reason, we should let him go. But if he does this again, then he'll be hanged. The businessman should get his bag back, count all the money, count the cash, and give him the money which he lost, which will cool his heart. The soldiers then, taking this command from the guru, counted the money, they gave it to the businessman, let the thief go outside the city, and from that point onward, no one else committed such a crime. And this is how chapter 16 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how Guru Gomez Singh bids farewell to all the families that came for the wedding, and also how he swims and plays in the river Satluj with his cousins and friends. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangala Charan Patreon page.